Oh, Kara, I was. No, but I was actually going to clean them up. Um, oh, thank you. That's so nice of you, really. Gosh. Huh. Well, my name's Dick. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Covenant Church, and I too want to welcome you to our Together at 10 and Family Fifth Worship Service. Um, if you are guests with us, thank you so much for joining us, especially. And if you would, um, complete the Connect card, turn it in to our info center, and we have a very special gift for you. And also, bless you. Also, if you are a Rise and Shine kid, or you got one of these on your way in, okay? If you're a Rise and Shine kid, there are three questions we're going to ask you to answer as a result of the sermon that comes from the sermon. And there's a special gift for you all also if you'll see Katie afterwards. And so I'm going to give you the answer to question number two. So you get a head start. It's only three questions. So answer number two is D, all the above. There you go. Um, I, I do have to say, I do not like glitter. You know, it's not like spiders. But I just don't like it, and I'll tell you why I don't like it. When we were uh, ministering at Lake Tahoe, the church that I served, um, we did dental ministry in Dominican Republic, and we went to the same school, the same community, six years in a row. Absolutely wonderful to get to know the kids and the teachers and the volunteers. But the first year we went, somebody packed litter with all the dental instruments. And my job was to sterilize all the instruments. And so, guess what? The glitter bag opened up, and an entire bag of instruments was contaminated with glitter. Thanks, Kara. I love glitter. <laughs> Brings back bad memories. Hey, it is New Year's Eve day. And you know that half of the people in the United States make New Year's resolutions? Just about half of them do. Interesting. I'm going to ask you how many of you may be making them, but a few years ago, Nielsen did a survey on what are the top five New Year's resolutions that Americans make. So I'm going to give you the top five. One, to spend more time with family and friends. I'm going backwards. Excuse me. Five, spend more time with family and friends. Four, to spend less and save more. Number three, to enjoy life to its fullest. Now, I was a little surprised about this one because I thought it should have been reversed, but it might have been because of this. Number, one, number two was to lose weight. And number one, pretty similar, was to get in shape and to stay in shape. Get in shape and to stay in shape. I think one and two are kind of the same unless you're thin and want to get in shape and stay in shape. Um, I think I need to do the lose weight. Now, now, there's actually a story told of a wife who went into the bathroom as her husband was standing on the scale. And he went like this, and she thought to herself, that's not going to help him lose weight. <laughs> and so she said sarcastically, that's not going to help. And he went, well, of course it will. It's the only way I can see the numbers. <laughs> not quite that bad yet. You know, it's amazing. Of the half of the United States folks that make resolutions, any idea how many actually follow through with them? 8%. 92% fail. Now, maybe because they're biting off more they can chew. Who knows? It may also be because they forgot. You know, sometimes we go out a few weeks and, gosh, I just forgot what my resolution was and I get so busy. There's another story told. This was a, a gentleman who went to a retirement community and he got to know a lot of folks fairly soon and he, he really started to like this one woman and one evening he asked her to marry him. He got up the next morning, 
and forgot her answer. <laughs> he found her the very next morning at breakfast and said, I, I asked you to marry me last night, but I can't remember what your answer was. And she said, thank God. I said, yes, but I couldn't remember who asked me. You know, I, I play the Stuck River Saloon on Tuesday nights. <laughs> Resolutions. You know, I, we tend to fail at them. We've got great ideas and we fail. But I want to share with you a resolution that is extremely difficult, but it may be that resolution that we all should strive to make and to follow. And it comes from Matthew 22, verses 35 to uh, 39. You'll find it uh, on the screen in just a moment. You'll also find it in your electronic devices, and I love, as Pastor Kurt says, on the original flat screen in the Pew Bible in, fr Pew Bible in front of you, it starts on page 1535. I do encourage you to follow along silently and listen to the, to the words recorded by Matthew and hear Jesus' answer to this question. What is the greatest commandment? What is the greatest commandment? One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your heart and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Please join with me in prayer. Our Lord God, on this New Year's Eve day, we thank you. We thank you for the joy we have had and will continue to have to simply worship you, to give you glory and honor. We thank you for a new beginning, a new year, in some ways fresh starts, turn over a new page, a new leaf. And Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will help us to, to glean from this passage you know well, maybe something fresh and new that we can begin to apply in our lives even more each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, we know this passage. It's called the greatest commandment. It is in all three of the synoptic gospels. Synoptic simply means with the same vision, the same eye. Synoptic gospels are the uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John's kind of the outlier, does it a little differently. In Mark and Luke, they also add strength, so all of your mind, soul, heart, and strength. Um, Jesus shared this during what we call Holy Week. Um, Jesus was, uh, on Palm Sunday, came into Jerusalem with a great triumphal entry. And now he is teaching in those days in between in the temple courts. He shared a lot of teachings, a lot of parables, but he's asked three specific kinds of questions by the Jewish the leadership of the Jews. Questions that were meant to test him and in a way to trick him, to catch him saying something that would either upset the Jews or upset the Romans. One of the first questions that was asked was, do we pay taxes to Caesar? Now, if Jesus answered no, that would upset the Romans. If he answered yes, that would upset the Jews. So Jesus said, well, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and unto God what is God's. The next question dealt with marriage. Is there marriage in heaven is basically the question. And the irony, that question was asked by Sadducees, this particular group of religious Jewish leaders who didn't believe that there was a resurrection or heaven. A little irony that they're the ones asking the question. But Jesus says, there's no giving of marriage in heaven. So he didn't upset anybody in that one. So the question that was asked in our passage today is, of the 613 rules, laws, and regulations that are in the Jewish scriptures, which one is the most important? 
613 rules, laws, and regulations. That's not all of it, because these religious leaders, the academics of the Jewish community at that time, developed codes and regulations and regulations and volumes and volumes as to how to interpret the 613 laws, rules, and regulations. And Jesus is asked the question, of all of that, what is the most important? And Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor. Love God and love your neighbor. And when you look at all the rules and regulations, that pretty much encompasses all of it. Seems pretty simple, doesn't it? But if we look at it a little deeper, Jesus says we're supposed to love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. With every breath of our very being, every single cell, 24-7, not just Sunday mornings or occasionally, or we do Bible study when we pray, but 24-7 love God fully. And then Jesus says, the second is like that. So we're to love our neighbor with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength as well. Y'all can do that, right? You'll be in the 8% that succeed if we make that our resolution, right? No, not at all. Now, you know, I I don't know about you all, but loving neighbors, there are a couple neighbors I kind of like. And family members, there are a number of family members I really love. And in church, I love all of you. (laughs) It's the only answer. (laughs) But you know, the truth is, there's probably a neighbor or two in your neighborhood that doesn't keep their house up or parks their car in the wrong spot or they have a barking dog. A little hard to love. And I'll guarantee, well, maybe not every family has it, but, but we have at least one person in our family that it's like, you're a little harder to love. Yeah. Probably, and, and I know it never happens to any of us here at Faith Cove, but there may be somebody in church you're not quite sure you get along with. And of course, the question is always asked, so who really is my neighbor? <laughs> we don't want to talk about that one, do we? Because Jesus already answered that in the parable of the Good Samaritan. The question was asked, who is my neighbor? And I'll just do really quick through the Good Samaritan. You all know it. A person's on that road between Jericho and uh, Jerusalem, and he gets attacked and robbed and beaten up, and he's laying along the ditch naked and bleeding, and two religious leaders of the Jewish sects come through, and uh, they walk on the other side to avoid him. Now, give them some defense. If they had come near him and touched him, they would have been unclean, and they couldn't go to the temple. So there's at least some excuse, not a good one. But another person came by, went down, took care of him, put him on his donkey, took him to an inn, and cared for him, and even gave more money that that person would be cared for. A Samaritan. Someone the Jews did not like. Um, the Samaritans kind of worshiped like the Jews, but not quite. The Jews didn't like the Samaritans so much, they would actually not go through Samaria. They'd go down through the Jordan River Valley and back up, adding days to their travel. So it's a Samaritan who ended up being the one that took care of the neighbor. In a sense, the neighbor, for any of us, is anyone who's in need, and we really try to love our neighbor as we should love God, then that's fully, completely, and it's everyone. Do y'all want to do that? Yeah, I don't think so, because I don't think we would succeed at that. That would be one that would be the 92% that would fail. So I have a video from an expert in New Year's resolutions. An expert. Now, you've got to listen very, very carefully, because she's from Australia. Now, fortunately, there are subtitles. Now, this is less than two minutes, but she is going to speak such truth about New Year's resolutions 
you'll be able to walk away with something from this message. So let's look at this young lady's view of New Year's resolutions. I have a problem with New Year's resolutions, not because they often fail or because they're too difficult, and not because I'm bad at them either. I mean, I've only been in love for four new years. No, I have a problem with resolutions because people think that that's it. It's for one time to change. Now, don't get me wrong, we definitely all need change. I have no idea how to ride a bicycle. I know, but I have no idea what a toilet is for. And some of you, yeah, you probably should get out of the house more. But one big decision probably isn't going to do it. Sorry. So now what? Flush your resolutions down the toilet for one my little brother can't use? Of course not. Keep your resolutions but go easy on yourself. Will you change? Maybe. But probably won't happen in one big moment. It'll happen in the thousands of little moments. Every time you choose to forgive or slow down or be grateful or stay calm each little moment that you choose what's what instead of what's easy. Faith instead of doubt. Love instead of hate. That's where the change happens. Even if you fail one or two or thirty times, it's okay. You've got thousands of more little moments ahead of you. You'll get better. So happy New Year, God bless, and I'm off to ask my dad to get a bike, if they were a pony. Bye. All right. My wife Mary Kay said I simply just showed that and said Amen and left. She is absolutely wonderful. And if you follow YouTube at all, you can follow her because she does all little things. She's not scripted. And she's absolutely adorable. But isn't there phenomenal wisdom in what she just said as we look at trying to love God and love people? Love God and love people. She said, you know, it's not about you all need to change, but it's not going to be the one big thing. Take it easy on yourself. It's a thousand of little moments. A thousand of little moments. You know, if we bite off this much, we're probably not going to get there. But if we look at this much, and just a little bit, maybe we can start building on it and building on it and building on it. Now, for the past months, we have been talking about um, life together, connecting, growing, and serving. So what I'd like to do is just take a look at connecting, growing, and serving just ever so briefly to see how maybe we could take a few little moments and build on those moments and build on those moments and make a change in our life and the lives of those around us. So if we look at connecting, here's one little thing we can do that might help us connect. If there's someone here today you've not met, go introduce yourself to them after worship. One little thing. Just a little thing. Maybe there's a neighbor you don't know. Go introduce yourself to them. Another way to connect, to begin to love people. Now, I'm going to give you a chance. Anybody have another idea of a little moment we could make that would help us connect? Connect with each other. Connect with God. Just yell it out. Or not. (laughs) Go for it. Invite someone to your home. Absolutely. Absolutely.
And for some, that's a big deal. For some, it's a little deal, a little moment. Anybody else have someone? Yeah, Joe. Joe? Joe, 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 Joe. No, Joe, 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 Joe. Excuse me a second. Some people will never move. But you know what? Wouldn't that be different? If we want to try to meet somebody new, sit in a different place, Terry and Marge. I mean, it'd just be something different. Greg and your family. I mean, some of you are just predictable. If you're here in the first two services Christmas Eve, I sat over here. And Greg knows I'm usually over here, and he's waiting for my time, and he's going over here, going. Okay, and he couldn't find me. It was just funny because I moved. But move somewhere else. You get to meet new people, and it sounds different. Okay, anybody else? Something? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Yes. Smile. What a difference that makes. My goodness, you're at, you're at Starbucks. How many people walk in there, grab their drink, and leave? They don't smile, they don't look at people in their face, and they don't say thank you. How about somebody who's serving you dinner or lunch or breakfast? Ask their name. Call them by their name. Express appreciation. You're blessing them. You're connecting with them, and you're following in the loving God and loving neighbor. Anyone else? Just one more. Please. Greet people when they come through the door. Absolutely. Whatever door it is. Whatever door. Okay, how about growing? I'll give you a couple suggestions on little moments of growing. How about, uh, gosh, if we pray in the morning, why don't we pray for five days in a row for two people? Just two people you're not praying for. Five days in a row, not a big chunk. How about that one? And if you read Scripture, how about reading five verses more each day for five days? You're not asking to commit a resolution to read the entire Bible from front to back. It gets really boring in some of those Old Testament passages. There's still the Word of God, but it seems boring. Take little pieces. How about other ways of growing? Growing in our faith. Grow, join a small group. Now, that might be a long, longer commitment, but it's a great way to do it. Others? Absolutely. Some other things? What was that one? Read the Bible, even a little bit. Yeah, all ways of growing. Growing in our faith, growing our relationship with the other. How about the last one, serving? Now, many of you are here every single week serving in different ways. But if you're not, maybe consider volunteering at the food bank just one day. See if it'll take you for one day. Or help the youth, the students, do St. Francis House feeding, and that's once every four or five months. Once every other month, I don't count well. But check with care. I mean, that's a real simple three-hour way of helping the least of these. Any other suggestions? How we can serve. Doesn't have to be in the church. Senior center. Homeless task force. And that could be doing um, freezing nights, just one night volunteering. How about this one? In your neighborhood, there's a chunk of paper that nobody's picked up. That ever happened in your neighborhood? It happens in mine all the time. Pick up the paper! It's a way of serving, serving others. You know, we don't have to take this whole chunk of loving God and loving neighbor at 100% shot, though that's what we should strive for. But boy, as we look to entering into 2018, maybe we can take just a few little pieces, a few little moments Build those little moments on each other, on each other, and change can take place.
change for the people we're impacting, and equally change in our lives. That is my prayer. Amen.